This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. Today is Thursday, June 3rd. Gas prices are up, former President Trump's blog is down, and we're focused on America's frenzied housing boom. If you've tried to buy or sell a house in America lately, you know this is a market unlike anything any of us have ever seen, including during that boom that precipitated the 2008 financial crisis. Try to buy something, and you've basically just entered a competition in which traditional safeguards like inspections are often off the table even before the bidding begins. Try to sell a house, and you might be done by dinner. Median U.S. home prices rose 20.1% between April of last year and April of this year, topping $372,000. In major metro areas, the annual growth rate is the highest it's been in 16 years, and cheaper new home sales, i.e. homes under 300 grand, are at their lowest percentage in decades. What's driving the boom? Well, part of it is ultra-low interest rates. Part of it is sky-high lumber prices, which has increased new home prices and kind of carried over to existing homes. And then there's the whole pandemic, remote work, move from the city phenomenon. What comes next, though, might be just as interesting because a federal foreclosure moratorium just ended, and that could begin to change the supply and demand dynamic, although such moratoriums do still exist in certain states and localities. And then there's the Fed, the Federal Reserve, which isn't touching interest rates yet, but in the last 24 hours did say it'll sell off some of the corporate bonds it bought during the pandemic, suggesting that the Fed is at least beginning to change course. So today we want to better understand the housing boom in terms of what it means for consumers and the country with Zillow COO Jeremy Waxman. That conversation in 15 seconds. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We're joined now by Jeremy Waxman, Chief Operating Officer at Zillow. So Jeremy, let's start here. What do you think is most responsible for the current housing boom? I mean, the housing market has really been a bright spot in the economy, and we expect that to continue. And if you think about what's happened over the last couple of years, especially with the pandemic, people are spending an average of nine more hours a day at home over the past year than they were historically. And you combine that with the long-term shifts to remote work for many jobs, you know, that has caused extreme interest in moving. So we are calling that the great reshuffling, right? So many people are now free to live where they can find more space or they can be closer to family or to recreation. They're on the move. And even those that aren't thinking about a different location, they are rethinking what home means to them. Is it the home office? Is it flexible work and how that might weave into their their home? So that great reshuffling is really born from the pandemic and people thinking about home differently, and then also born from the tailwind of 
the millennials and other segments of now new home buyers entering the home buying market. Millennials are now 40 years old, and they're a big set of household formations that are looking to actually want to buy either their first or their next home. I'm curious, you said you can, you expect the housing boom to continue. On that first part, those tailwinds from the pandemic, you're not seeing any slowdown of that as offices are actually reopening and a lot of companies are reconsidering this you-can-work-from-anywhere concept. Historically, there has been a bit of a, of a disconnect between people who think about maybe wanting to move and kind of the constraints put on them through school, work, life, job. You know, as more employers adopt more flexible work arrangements, that allows people to really think about where do they want to live. And, and we're seeing really this concept of kind of a digital nomad arise. And you're seeing some of the hottest markets around being places that people might want to move to, you know, leaving where they're moving from. And so more moves coming as a result of more flexible workforce is, is definitely something we're seeing born out of the pandemic and a trend we expect to continue. Are you seeing any movement back into the cities that seem to have an exodus at the early parts of the pandemic? There's been a lot of conversation about, is this a, an urban to suburban flight? Is this a, a leaving of the cities? And aside from a few, we're not really seeing that, right? You're seeing new cities, you know, in Austin, a Columbus, you know, really have a lot of interest because people might be coming from the coast for something that's more affordable. But the we ca we're calling it the reshuffling because people are making their own decision. And folks that want to live in the city might just want to live in the city differently. And folks that are, are not as concerned about the length of a commute from a suburb are thinking about that differently. But it's not as much of a, of a one-way trip one way or the other. It really is people, you know, really rethinking their individual situation. Jeremy, Zillow, one of the things it is best known for to consumers is the Zestimate, which is this estimate of what a current home is worth. Help me with the chicken and egg thing here. Is the Zestimate more reflecting what homes are being sold for or is it driving what homes are being sold for? Zestimate, right, is a, a computer valuation model of what we think the home is worth today. And that's going to be a reflection of what homes are selling for, right, and what homes have recently sold for and what your, your home will sell for. But let me add, the reputation of the Zestimate, historically, pre this boom, has always been that it's a little bit higher than what people think they can get for their home, which sometimes drives them to want to go sell their home. Well, I think we all want our home value to be as good as we believe it to be because our home is special to us. And comps, what homes around you sell for, is what drives his estimates. The strongest factor in what my, my house value is or what your house value is is what are the neighbors' houses and similar houses selling for. And so in a fast-moving market like this one, the market keeping up, I mean, we're seeing 11.6 year-over-year appreciation in home prices this past month. So that is an incredibly fast-moving housing market You'll see that reflected in your estimate. You'll see that in reflected in your neighbor's house as it sells. And so the home price movement that we see in sales is what ultimately drives the market, what drives the estimate. It's what drives Zillow offers as well. What impact are those rising home prices having on rental prices? Renting didn't feel as much of a drop during the pandemic, right? So the, the housing market, we weren't sure if it was going to grind to a halt if transactions could happen. And you saw a, a quick drop in demand. And then you saw this surge back as people really started to rethink rethink home. Re the rental impact along the way was more muted. So it had a less of a drop during the pandemic. And it's now come back a little stronger. And so as more parts of the country are reopening, you're seeing the rental velocity also follow suit with the broader economy. The federal moratorium on housing foreclosures is technically over. Obviously, it's still in place in certain states, certain localities. Are you expecting there to be a wave of foreclosures? We don't really think so. I mean, foreclosures will come as those moratoriums end. But what's important to remember about this housing market versus maybe a decade ago 
is this housing market has been a bright spot and we expect it to be continue to be. You know, the market is still very hot. Demand is still very strong. And most folks are sitting on conventional mortgages, a lot of equity, and um, not mortgage products are going to change on them and maybe create this wave of foreclosures you saw last time. So when the forbearance ends, of course, more natural foreclosure activity will come. But that's going to be more of a natural part of the market, not this glut or wave of foreclosures that I think we all saw back in 2008, which was more driven by people's equity in their home and these non-traditional mortgage products and, and less qualified homeowners. You do have a lot of people who are in, you know, behind in their mortgages. Maybe they lost their jobs for lots of 2020, couldn't keep up with it, and really are in their homes because the mortgage company hasn't been able to kick them out yet. You're not expecting there to be a large number of those foreclosures coming? I haven't seen the specifics on forecast over time, but no, we're expecting it to go up as, as it will as those moratoriums end, but that we don't expect that to have a major impact on the housing market. Is this right now what we're in? We've been referring to this as a housing boom. Is it a housing bubble? You know, we don't think so. This market, if you think about the last time we might talk about a bubble, you know, what's really different is one, the demand and the demand of really qualified homeowners and, and a lot of potential equity on traditional mortgage products, really limited supply. So last time you saw actually a ton of supply into the market and listings are are at their all-time lows, right? So when you have a ton of demand and you have limited supply, that's what's driving home prices. And then you have more demand coming in terms of millennial home buyers and other folks through the great reshuffling wanting to buy. So that supply-demand imbalance is what's driving home prices up. But the fundamentals of the housing market underneath that supply-demand imbalance have been really strong for a while. You're seeing, I think, record high kind of FICO scores for traditional you know, mortgage applications. You're seeing very conventional mortgages. You're seeing not enough supply on the market and home builders will come, but it takes a long time to build inventory. So that's part of why we talk about how not only is it a bright spot, we think it's, it's going to be one for, for a while to come. Are people overpaying, even if they can afford to overpay, are they paying more for their houses now than they're going to get when they want to sell them? Well, and I think that question, you know, that's a that's a personal one, right? I mean, different home prices go up in different markets and different people buy for different reasons. So you may be buying a starter home that you're going to live in for a little while. You may be buying your forever home and you're going to do a bunch of work to it to make it yours. The market is unfortunately what the market is. And it is a very challenging market for home buyers right now. And I'm sure some people are um, rethinking and having to make different constraints and priorities on what they buy. But whether you, quote, overpay for something is always going to be a factor of how do you value it? How long do you expect to be in it? And what are you getting out of it as opposed to a stock that trades, right? So that is one of the one of the really fun things about the housing market. Yes, it is an asset, but it's also the place that you live. It's not just a house, it's your home. Two final questions for you. The first is geographic. Give me one area that is just gaining in interest right now for home buying and one that is rapidly declining in interest. We're seeing Austin, Boise, and Fort Collins all ranked really highly for these digital nomad destinations. We recently did a study uh, between Zillow and Yelp where we ranked cities that are popular in that search for folks who want to move. The coastal markets and urban cores of the coastal markets are not rising as fast, but, but saying something is declining is hard right now in this housing market. Final question for you. Bank of America today referred to Zillow stock on its hot list of Reddit meme stocks. What is your thought about being COO of a company that is being referred to as a Reddit meme stock? Yeah, I mean, our focus is always on the long term, right? We're, we're helping build the real estate marketplace to allow more people to move. You know, we've attracted a really large audience and we're helping convert more of those dreamers and shoppers into movers with uh, services that help them buy and sell. And over the long term, that's going to create a bigger business and a more valuable company. And so as always, our focus is going to be on that long term growth. 
Jeremy Waxman, COO of Zillow, thank you so much for joining us. Great, thanks. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back. What we're watching today are supersonic jets because United Airlines just agreed to buy 15 of them with an option to buy 35 more. Why it matters is there hasn't been any commercial supersonic air travel since the last Concorde aircraft was retired in 2003. But then a Colorado startup called Boom Aviation, and yeah, that's a kind of fraught name, began raising tons of venture capital to develop a new generation of supersonic jets, which are just so much faster than traditional aircraft. For example, in one, you can get from New York to London in just three and a half hours. And that obviously sounds great, but there are two big complications. First, the giant, incredibly loud supersonic boom which is why supersonic travel is currently prohibited over U.S. soil, with most of the testing so far occurring over open ocean. Two, even if Boom's tests go well, it and United are at least five years away still from commercial flight. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Sabina Sangani, Justin Kaufman, Naomi Shaven, and Alex Sugiara. Please be sure to leave us a review. And if you're not already subscribing to or following the podcast, do so. Have a great national egg day. Scrambled, poached, however you want. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.